everyone. I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education and today we're in conversation with Christina Lydon from School Readiness discussing music therapy, homeschooling and tips for parents and teachers to helping children prepare and transition back to school. Christina is a music therapist and has worked in mainstream and special education for the past 10 years. She has worked in various early years settings including a senior paediatric music therapist in the Child and Development Service at Westminster Hospital. Christina is also currently working in schools and nurseries in Surrey and Hampshire. Previously, Christina worked for six years in London for an NHS child and adolescent mental health team with her post embedded within a school. It was there that she developed her passion for supporting and engaging parents along with the aim of enhancing positive mental well-being and emotional intelligence in their daily life. During the last few months, Christina has supported parents for school readiness and other emotions that children have during this year, especially with the closing of school schools. Christina, welcome. Can I ask you to tell our listeners today about school readiness and some of the amazing projects you've been working on? As they're starting school. Um, the start of school can be an anxious time for parents and children alike. So... Our school readiness sessions um, offer an interactive practical session for you and your child um, that has specific activities which um, as practitioners we feel best prepare your child for school. Um, Lots of opportunity for role play, um, investigative play, exploring um, and thinking about fine and gross motor skills and particularly, really, on top of all that, is having fun and playing together. They'll be really early writing and number tasks, as well as some time for music therapy to focus on social and group working skills. And then um, we also then have our parent workshops where we ask um, parents to bring their questions and um, we talk through some kind of common themes that come up for parents around supporting their child for this transition um, to school. So um, there's kind of the two areas there. Um, I work um, in a ch- NHS child development service, but also in a special needs school. So we're often thinking with families in both those settings about how to support their child um, through any transitions. So um, Obviously, at the moment, with COVID-19, things are really different for everybody who might have little ones at nursery or um, or reception at the moment. Um, So we've been thinking a lot about how we can support people remotely. So um, this year, our school readiness sessions are running, but they are running just our parent workshops via Zoom, as well as kind of giving top tips for ideas to practice some of those fine motor skills and things at home with your little one Um, but also in my other work we've been thinking about supporting families and um, children with additional needs but thinking about how supporting well-being really so um, that's a really important part um, as we kind of support transitions and and we've all transitioned into this new lockdown um, time Um, so we've created um, with my colleagues we've created um, cards that um, like little flashcards really that um, offer ideas um, to do together as a family um, but have a kind of creative um, 
aspect. So it might be about making a playlist together about songs that are really important for you and your family that are meaningful and kind of sharing that time together or taking some time outside together, going on a walk, thinking, what can you hear? What new things are growing? So just offering a bit of structure um, to support everybody's emotional well-being. Um, uh, yeah, and on top of my NHS and um, schoolwork and running the workshops, um, I often then um, work with brands or schools to help them support their um, family and, and early years uh, audiences. So, yeah, that kind of sums up um, what I'm, the different kind of projects I'm working on at the moment. Well, it sounds like you've been very busy during home learning or lockdown. Yeah. Closed. I love the ideas of the cards because it complements what you already do and it helps you add more value rather than all these structured lessons sometimes that we are doing with our children the whole time. And I so, think there's a lot of pressure, isn't there, on parents to suddenly suddenly transition into this new role, which is quite tricky. And um, actually, if you can think about some activities that um, give that shared calming experience together, that can be really positive too for home life at the moment. Absolutely. Look, I love the idea of music therapy and I suppose I don't really know as much as I should about it. And I was just wondering with your background, how does it fit into the school readiness work that you currently do? Yes, yeah, so I'm a trained music therapist. So um, uh, that's just to give a little bit of background, that's like a postgraduate training um, and then you are um, registered with the Health and Care Professions Council. So that means, um, you know, people, um, it's a bit like uh, having a psychologist or a physio or something. People can't call themselves that without having the training and being registered. Um, but what music therapy offers, particularly in this kind of earlier setting, is thinking about, because the aims for music therapy are therapeutic rather than musical so you might take your little one to a music group and you might they might be learning particular songs or or maybe a little bit older and they might have piano lessons and um, which all of those are really great and important skills for children um, but in music therapy we're not um, necessarily teaching or kind of learning those skills what we're doing is thinking about the therapeutic aims um, and around that thinking about using music as a structure to support those so that might be supporting social skills communication skills um, physical skills for child and emotional skills so um, for me I've worked in a lot of early years in school settings um, as well as in the NHS um, in a child development service and also in child and adolescent mental health and in that child and adolescent mental health service work I also had the opportunity to be embedded within a school and work alongside um, paediatricians to offer more generic support for parents alongside my music therapy work so that would be thinking with parents about um, being aware of transitions for their child, whether that was um, little ones from nursery or children's centre, like heading towards school, um, helping prepare the children, prepare the parents, thinking about things like behaviour or sleep in that context or toileting, all these kind of things um, 
often have little bumps in the road as we approach transitions. Um, so kind of using all those generic skills as well as my clinical child development background, um, I wanted to pull together um, a way to kind of support parents as they approach starting school with their children. So that's kind of the background. And that sounds great. I mean, I, I suppose this is going to take a bit of a turn in the next few months because as children haven't been at school for quite a while, um, I know that, say, for example, my little one's sleep and behaviour has regressed a little bit during uh, lockdown, um, not having the structure. But, you know, yeah. as a music therapist, can you tell us why it's so important for children's development to, you know, get involved with music therapy? Yeah, um, I think music itself has so many important um, parts to, to be aware of and think about. You know, we all have music within us. So if you think about your heartbeat or your breathing, that they are all completely unique for all of us. And ever since your child has been in the womb, they've heard that, that heartbeat, your heartbeat, but also they've heard their parents, you know, from about 17 weeks gestation babies can start to hear their parents voices so we are innately musical as as humans um, and music then can support a wide variety of areas um, when you're thinking about little ones starting school um, it's really helpful to think about music in terms of emerging um, phonics skills and also around reading skills because Things like rhythm um, helps us listen when things are the same and when things are different. Um, or thinking about rhymes, whether that's in like nursery rhymes or just trying to rhyme words together. That's like listening and hearing what's the sa same and what's different. Um, kind of developing those sound discrimination skills is really helpful for then when little ones are learning about letter sounds um, and and hearing the difference um, which is really important and um, quite an easy one to practice that kind of thing whilst you're at home is like if you're out on a walk just kind of pause and listen and think you know can you hear the birds or can you hear a car coming past um, because that really helps your child pause and stop and tune in um, to what's going on around them, which is a really helpful skill. Um, and so music can kind of offer um, those kind of areas to support, but also thinking about um, when you could use music um, in a way to kind of support your child's confidence. It's really um, fun to think about music and um, singing and playing together <laughs> uh, even if you think you can't sing or you've got a terrible voice <laughs> your child won't mind um, it's really it's a really fun way to kind of play together and explore together um, and letting letting your child kind of take the lead is really fun whether you're playing instruments or singing a song um, and showing them that you're listening so whenever they might pause or um, yeah or wait you're really listening to them so it kind of really builds up their independence and um confidence skills as well which can be really helpful it's such a nice thing to hear i know that in my household we have with um my little one he's only two and it can change his mood completely so when we have a few more difficult challenging moments yeah we generally 
we put music on and it completely mm. it distracts him. It sort of changes the way Zach's uh, tant, oh, I wouldn't say tant, challenging moment that we're about to yeah. And it can help with transitions to help those transitions, you know, whether it's a kind of come on, we need to eat up our breakfast song <laughs> that you could just make up on the spare of the moment or it's time to brush our teeth or um, music can be really helpful to um, support. Yeah, a tricky transitions as well, which at the moment, um, like you described just earlier, Heather, you know, it's hard because our structures of our day and our our sleep patterns are changing slightly and we don't have that set routine that, that we might have done with nursery and school and school runs and everything um, that, that we'd usually had. So it, it is different. So it's a nice way, it's an easy and nice way to kind of support structure as well at, at the moment. Um, one thing I know that I think that I do is that I um, start to sing I sing to my, um, my little one when he's becoming quite challenging. It might be just putting his shoes on. So I start, I'm not going to sing it now, but I start singing to put your <laughs> shoes on and do all these. Yeah. Or maybe let's change your nappy and all these different things. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, you know, is that how, how do you include music therapy in some of your parent and child workshops? Could you give us some examples? Yeah, yeah of course. So, um, yes, as I was describing earlier in the parent child workshops, um, these are ones that we, have to have on hold at the moment because they're usually face to face but we have um yeah time for fine motor play and then we have um a small music therapy session so there's usually like about maybe 10 10 to 15 children um in the session so they come with their parents um and we typically kind of have a circle and we we start a music therapy session and what i'm offering is using pre-composed songs so it might include um things like nursery rhymes that they might already know um but also new songs for them but using that musical structure to think about actually themes for the classroom um which are really going to help them practice those skills that they'll need for the classroom so for example listening so listening to instructions or listening to a song um waiting choosing so quite often we do choosing songs um with instruments um so you kind of have to wait till it's your turn and choose um listening to instructions and being quite playful and collaborative you know maybe you have to share an instrument with somebody sitting next to you or um wait till somebody passes one over to you so we use that structure to really work on those skills that are needed for the classroom because it's those social skills about listening and waiting and being able to follow instructions that that are really key for for being in the classroom because ultimately um you know reception is about is still very much about play and emerging skills but if children aren't able to kind of have those kind of listening and waiting skills when they are um encouraged into particular parts of the day or transitioning into parts of the day whether it's you know going to go to the loo and wash your hands before lunchtime. Um, if they're not able to listen, then it, it's difficult to keep that structure and that transition going. So they're really important skills um, for, for ahead of kind of starting, starting at school. So yeah, that's why we incorporate music therapy into our parent and child workshops, yeah. I think, I, I think you, you know, hit the nail on the head there. Sharing is another one that's gonna be really hard because a lot of children yes. say the early if they haven't got, if they've got much older 
siblings or they have um, no siblings are going to be fine yeah. that they're the centre of attention for, I don't know, by the time some of them go back, it's going to be three, four, five months. Oh, totally. Yeah. It will be really, um, yeah, really difficult. And I think that's really, it's a really good point. Sharing will be tricky. And I think as much as perhaps parents like you and I that have got little ones at home and we're trying to work, it is really challenging. But it also means that we are having more time at home with our children. We might be spinning our plates a lot, but um, our child is used to being with us. So actually then separating away again when it's time for nursery, particularly for preschoolers or those who've perhaps started reception last year and have done a couple of terms and perhaps might be going back now or perhaps choosing not to. Um, that's a lot to remember and, and keep in mind having had nine ten weeks off so um i think that yeah separating again and taking a really slow transition will be really helpful for parents to bear in mind and and you know teachers and nursery staff too is this something that you will do closer to the end um maybe virtually or open up classes again you hope to before yeah yeah, so I, we are um, still offering, um, they've started now really, and they kind of run until, we tend to run them till about mid-September, um, so offering um, workshops to parents um, where we cover on Zoom now, but cover all the kind of topics around transitioning and sleep and behaviour, toileting, um, as well as kind of covering um top tips and resources that we we kind of email after the session but also products that we found that we think are really helpful and really do make a difference particularly around that kind of logistical um situation of kind of getting out the door which of course we are um getting used to not having to do at the moment which will <laughs> be quite a shock when we do suddenly have to do it um, uh, yeah so i think what i've noticed with the last few weeks of running workshops again over zoom is that we are really tailoring it and thinking it a bit about well what does it mean this year like we have you know our usual content that we talk about with families but actually it's been really helpful to kind of think um about this year and the separation and the transition and i guess that's also where my training and experience of thinking about child development is really helpful in terms of attachment and so on to kind of support parents understand what that might be like for little ones so it's really important to remember that as a parent and for teachers i think a lot of a lot of teachers are going to want you in their classroom at the start of <laughs> trying to get them all in the classroom but i know if i mean not everyone thinks they have a musical bone in their body so i suppose yeah. how can how can parents use music at home just to complement your sessions, not to replace them, but so that they can yeah. have a summer break? Yeah, I think um, lots of families actually say that to me. Like if I'm running sessions, they're like, oh, no, don't you don't want to hear me sing. Oh, gosh, I've got a terrible voice. <laughs> and actually what I say to them is, um, you know, really, your child just wants to hear you, even if you think you're tone deaf and you only ever sing in the shower. Um, the the thing is like i was saying touched on earlier you know your baby has heard your voice or your partner's voice like um ever since they've been growing in the womb so you're like the most important thing to them so hearing your voice is is really fun and really engaging for them so um a couple of ideas which can be really helpful kind of thinking about using music but also tying in to 
um, thinking about those kind of emerging skills um, for school. Um, quite a fun one is actually um, to have a go at kind of making your own musical instruments. So that can be as simple as kind of having um, a box or like an orange squash bottle that's empty, putting pasta or rice in, um, and perhaps you could have some fun decorating it. Um, the great thing about that is as you're using, um, as you're putting the things inside, so perhaps rice, um, you're really then working on getting your child to do it as well. So they'll be able to use a pincer grip to pick up those tiny little grains of rice, which will be really good skills for um, working on those hand muscles for emerging writing skills. Um, then when you've made your um, instrument, you can have some, it goes together about kind of who's going to take the lead and who's going to kind of tell you when to stop or play loud or play quiet. And again, that's got all those skills linked in. So like listening skills, focus, um, that sound discrimination, you know, was that loud or was that quiet? So that's quite an easy, fun one to do. Um, don't forget like um, things like nursery rhymes that we talked about. Um, it can be really easy to use them um, in kind of fun ways, but again, using music and rhythm and rhyme is really beneficial as we've discussed before so you could do a kind of uh, nursery rhyme that you know your child really likes but then leave a pause leave a space um, and see if they can fill it in and see if they're really looking and really listening if they kind of dive in and add the next line um, or let your child um, take the lead and you follow follow what they do because that would be a really fun way to um give them confidence and independence as you're um yeah as you're following them and don't worry if they kind of get it wrong it's really important to show that you're listening so it'd be a fun way to do it um you could add some actions to um kind of nursery rhymes that you do and again that's got a really nice physical aspects of working on that gross and fine motor you have some jumping up and jumping down or wriggling your fingers anything like that really um and a bit like you were talking about heather like making up songs you could make up a song together if brushing your teeth is really tricky or getting the shoes on come up with a way together because that will engage them calm them they'll have a bit of autonomy on making that song you can make it quite fun you know, um and yeah it just gives a different focus at kind of pinch points of transitions that can be quite tricky so um yeah there's lots you can try at home doing that kind of thing um yeah so i think yeah having music at home and exploring music together even if you don't think you're musical in the slightest <laughs> is quite easy to do <laughs> there's i've got um actually on my instagram i'll i can tag you guys but i did um yeah i've done some pictures about kind of making fun fun shakers and things at the start of lockdown so um yeah i can show you um where they are yeah because they're quite your easy to do your instagram do you want to mention it what it actually yeah is? sure so um uh yeah so we've got our instagram page um which is um at christina lyden l-y-d-o-n and um on there they've we will be we'd be posting activities and tips all around school starters so um whether that's emotional support um thinking about phys emerging physical skills fine motor skills there's lots of tips and recommendations and ideas um 
same goes um, for our Facebook page, which is um, School Readiness UK. Um, and that's got, yeah, all the same kind of things that we're covering. Um, and if you then have a look on our website, which is um, www.schoolreadiness.co.uk, you'll see there a bit more about us as um, clinicians and some testimonials. Um, we're really thankful and thrilled that we've had some amazing testimonials from parents and paediatricians and teachers as well who've had cohorts of children who've and parents who've attended our sessions um which is brilliant and on there you can um just click and see how you can um book and arrange a zoom workshop should you want one um so there's lots of um different angles that we'll be covering particularly over the next couple of months to really give you ideas to um, try at home as well really with your little one to keep those skills developing whilst we're in lockdown and whilst we've got the summer holidays before before school starts. Christine I suppose I wanted to bring you back to, back to school readiness and you know we mm. have had a very different year 2020 has definitely been a different year for a lot of countries not I know that Taiwan, for example, schools never closed. Australia's schools closed. US schools closed. UK schools closed. So um, I suppose there are going to be many hurdles for parents when getting ready to, for school. And so could you tell us some of the common ones that you find when working with children? Yeah, I think a, a completely understandable and common hurdle, but I think that will be amplified quite a lot more this year, potentially, is around anxiety. Um, and particularly parental anxiety um, it's really normal for any one of us um, to find it hard when we think about change you know when we think about starting a new job or um, yeah or ending a job that's also hard you know or saying goodbye to somebody that we really like that's really hard and um, it, it's okay to feel those kind of feelings um, but it's hard when an adult feels them too as a parent as well as your little one feeling them um, so we really try and um, support parents to um, kind of troubleshoot and think about their anxiety and and try and answer as many questions as we can because we really try and advocate to um, not let that anxiety rub off on their child particularly around those transitions of course your child might be feeling a bit wobbly starting a new school or ending nursery um, because they've had a really great time probably there and they've got great nursery staff and it's really hard for them it feels like the unknown um, but to acknowledge your child's feelings whether they're saying they're feeling worried or they don't want to say goodbye at nursery is really important sometimes parents are like oh no 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 don't worry you're fine you'll be fine but it's it's hard to stay with those feelings but it's really important to acknowledge them for your child to be heard but then offer that kind of consistent approach of feeling confident as you support their transition so even if you think you're going to be sobbing if your child when you drop your child off on the first day of term that's okay i definitely sobbed on the first day but don't let them see you cry <laughs> so kind of sending them off confidently waving even if they're having a bit of a wobble confidently sending them off and then go and have a little sob around the corner and then again when you pick them up later of course you will but a really excited welcome you know it's really good to see you um 
And I guess the other bit of this is it's so tempting to say, oh, and um, what did you do today? Who did you play with? What lunch did you have? Um, and those questions, their children are so tired. So there's a really fun article I always, I always share that's like various ways to ask your child how their day was without asking it. So it's like, you know, who is the funnest person to play with or what was the most interesting toy? And then you might hear a little bit more information. Um, so I think that's really common every year um, of parents understandably being anxious about this big transition. But this year, it's really got a different flavour because we've all had different transitions. And I think right now it's tricky um, because it's usually around now, around June time, that, that schools start to offer kind of... Um, maybe a kind of welcome meeting for parents or perhaps might start a bit of a transition and I know for lots of different schools they're having to think at the moment how they'll be able to offer that or what the next couple of months will bring so that's hard because that's what parents might be usually expecting. Um, the other common hurdle um, which um, which often comes up um, every year really is the fixation on can my child write their name before starting school um and i'm a really big advocate of helping parents think about the kind of wider um physical and emotional and social aspect around starting school and um, we've touched on it a bit like thinking about gross motor and fine motor activities um and really writing it is kind of a whole body activity. You need to be able to have strength in your core muscles and your arm muscles, then in your hand muscles to be able to start with mark making and emerging writing skills. Um, and each child develops differently. So you might have a child who can write their name before starting school and that, that's great, that's fine. Um, but you also might have a child who's really good at cycling they can cycle without the stabilizers already. So they've got really strong core muscles because they're really good at cycling or climbing trees or running. Um, it's really important to um, try not to compare <laughs> your child because they've got a whole year of reception. And you know every adult has their strengths um, in different areas. And so every child will too. Um, so just the idea of being able to explore be playful and have a go is the most important kind of skills as they're starting and you know to start school and thinking about those how those social skills fit into it that we touched on earlier because kind of being interested and exploring um and then that will kind of pave the way for the eventually those emerging reading skills or writing skills but it it needs those foundations um before writing for example can begin so um yeah encouraging you know climbing jumping cycling anything like that it's really important uh, to help your child's um development actually as they start school too i remember when we were teaching we used to always try and teach the children resilience and so even if they just to never give up always try yeah. that's one of the biggest things that children you know they yeah. get frustrated and they 
they exert that energy in a different way. And sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative. So it's one thing we used to always <laughs> find when teaching. Um, so it doesn't have to be five, but what are the top things that you would suggest to use every day with children for the transition to school? As yeah. parents, for teachers, especially because we are, you know, if you're looking at the UK, we may be on lockdown or limited travel for the next mm. four months as well yes yeah absolutely um well i think one of the key things we often say but it we can do quite easily at the moment which is great is thinking about independence and confidence um at home and thinking about how those skills cross over for then when they when your child starts in the classroom so things like shoes and coats um we've got a bit more time in a different space to do a little, a tiny bit of practice each day, you know, see if your child can be, have that independence of um, when you say, right, let's get our shoes on. Can they go and find where you put them? Can they have a go? You know, it is fiddly, um, even doing Velcro sometimes, you know, um, or, or buckles. Um, but if they are willing to have a go, and just like you said, that resilience, it can be quite awkward to do up shoes but if they can have a go and ask for help and then keep trying that's really good progression um same with coats um if if you can work on trying to get their coat on and if they can have a go at the zip or the poppers um they might not be able to manage it completely because again it's really fiddly but having a go is a great start um I think my the other thing to work on, particularly as we're at home, and I always say this to parents to be really mindful of, is thinking about recognising um, your child's name. So whether that's um, going to be on their peg or on their clothes, or the, you know, when they're getting changed for PE or their shoes um, and their book bag. Um, so help work on recognising your child's, um, helping them recognise their name, because this would be something that would definitely be happening if they were at nursery at the moment. Um, but a kind of common thing um, that often comes up is be really mindful about um, have a little think about your child's name and what they usually get called or what you might then have on the name tags. So if you have a child called Charlotte, but you call them Lottie, have they been looking for a L for Lottie on their name tags um, at nursery? And do you write Lottie on things? And do they get called Lottie all the time? Because then if you if you then got um, a, a name tags printed that said Charlotte, uh, you know, and your last name, they'll be looking for an L and actually it's a C. Or if it's just got the initial and then the surname, it looks very different to Lottie or Charlotte. So have a think about what you um, calling your child, what they're used to seeing and what they're going to see um, on their kind of name tags and labelled and um, because often schools do ask you know what what does your what does your child is there a shortened version of their name or what do you call them so really helpful to help them just not be able to write and spell their name necessarily but just be able to look for the shape and identify that um i think for the another thing around independence is um thinking about lunchtime at school when that comes um, and if your child's having school dinners um, suddenly they'll have to be quite independent about going to um, collect their dinner and also then be able to eat it and of course if they can't manage to get all their lunch eaten uh, I mean reception is often given um, 
support and extra time to help them get used to the new <laughs> kind of transition because they do but you know using a knife and fork is really tricky um and um it can still be really difficult for um reception age children i really love um nana's manners cutlery um and they um their cutlery that um it kind of like molded so it can help position your fingers um on the on the knife and fork the knife actually has a really good blade so it makes it actually work when often kids cutlery doesn't which can be really frustrating um and so then it just helps you build up those muscles build up that right finger placement ahead of times when for example at school you might not have um that kind of molded cutlery um, and they were made actually they're created by um, a lady called Catherine who um, was actually a reception teacher and she saw the need for needing um, cutlery like this when she suddenly had three cohorts of um, four-year-olds <laughs> for lunch and it all being pretty tricky so um, yeah that's a product that we use in our house all the time and even for my slightly older children it's really helpful um but i really would recommend those now actually for families because you can be really working on those skills at home um and the other thing like you as, as you just said heather like um because my final tip is thinking about preparation but there's so many what ifs at the moment you know we don't know what's going to happen regarding lockdown and, and um perhaps visits to schools and so on but there is lots you can do at the moment and um if you if you know which school your child's going to you can be talking about you know what color is the jumper that you'll be wearing or perhaps you'll order it already and you can make a, a big deal about helping and involving your child in looking at the jumper and putting the name label in if um you know you might be able to drive past or walk past the school that your child is going to um, be able to point things out and kind of say what you can see and help them know where it is um, and having I'm a big fan of using visual timetables to support transitions and support your week and having photos for younger ones so if you had a photo of the, the new teacher and a photo of the school it can really help them um, understand and kind of link up uh, the concept of where they're going um, and when it gets nearer the time for starting school I always say to parents um, to help indicate which days a school day have a picture of your child a photo of them wearing their school uniform so they can see it's like a school uniform day for them um, and that can really help like having you know five little pictures um, of your child in their school jumper and um, those kind of visual things can really help but explaining to your child looking at photos now that um there's a really nice book that i discovered last year with my daughter and it's called the tale of starting school um and it's it's a really beautiful keepsake but what it's got inside is lots of space for you to add photos about your school uniform about your school or your teacher and right now i think particularly in lockdown it's a really useful resource because it can be a, an additional kind of story as well to kind of have around and help your child look and think about that transition without it feeling um anxious so yeah i'd really recommend that too no, that's great. That's great tips, actually. I think we need a bit of nana's manners in this house. Are they good for the pincer movement? So for holding the the, the yeah. So um, she actually started with a range 
um, for kind of three-year-olds plus but actually this year she has um, and that's using a knife and fork and this year she's um, got two other ranges so one the next one down for kind of I think kind of one-year-olds plus um, is thinking about the pincer so it's a spoon and a fork and um, the top it, where you hold it is kind of slightly spongy and so you can um, get a good grip with that pincer grip and, and practice using that independence and using a fork or a spoon and she also has um, spoons for weaning you know for babies but um, then once you've mastered that pincer grip then moving on you know approximately three years old upwards really thinking about the cut the molded cutlery it's, it's so helpful just for boosting that confidence to have a go because there's nothing worse than trying your hardest to cut up sausage or something that you really want to eat and you're just not getting anywhere with the children's cutlery and yet you really struggle with a bigger um, you know adult cutlery so it's, it's great yeah yeah or as you say they don't cut very well I know that my no. um, my toddler when he likes to eat sometimes if we can't get him to eat he goes into the drawer and pulls out the big tongs and, <laughs> them and uses them to put a piece <laughs> food in his mouth I'm not sure I'd see that as the best Nana's Nana's cut oh, but, no, no. <laughs> but uh, actually um, I've just done a post today actually on Instagram um, about using tongs because um, they're super helpful actually for building up you think about those skills in your fingers and your hands um, he, he's showing great initiative but maybe use them in um, some of the play ideas that I suggest <laughs> rather than at the it's table or the broccoli from the um the plate but listen I know that home learning is something that you've been looking at as well I know that as a mum mm -hmm. you've been learning. so do you have any simple ideas for children especially for the early years that we can look at and use with our children yes I think um there's yeah particularly thinking about home homeschooling well or being at home with your preschooler right now um I'm a really big fan of kind of helping families think about what they can do but with resources they've already got at home because um there there always is lots you might have at home that you might not realize can really support your little one um a fun one i really enjoy doing is thinking about um this this involves gross and fine motor skills get a bucket of water and um go outside to the wall of your house and um get as many have a little scout around the house so think about any paint brushes you might have or maybe you've done some diy and you've got a roller a paint roller or maybe a cloth or a sponge um and get your child to have a go at painting in inverted commas but just with water um the outside of your house so thinking about um if for example if you used a roller that is using core strength and using shoulder strength as well as your hand to grip hold of the roller um, or you might have a smaller paintbrush so again that needs a bit more support with um more fine motor with fingers um or kind of following on with that bringing some toys to kind of play and clean if you like and, and wash up whether that's um maybe a lego model or maybe you've got some cars or dolls that need a wash so giving the children um you know some cloths and sponges and things like that means that they have to manipulate their fingers and hands in practicing that in different ways but while they're having fun especially when it's been such um fun weather a really nice hot weather so being outside with water can be really really good fun um 
also just think think about how you can um, use time that you have as a family to also be supporting those skills. So maybe when you're going on a walk, um, setting your child challenges. So can you run to that tree or can you hop, um, you know, beat me at hopping? You know, can we keep hopping together or can you run backwards or can you have a go at climbing that tree? Because again, all those physical skills are all going to be supporting fine motor skills. Um, at the moment, things like um, there's lots of um, wildflowers outside or you could encourage your child to kind of pick up sticks or flowers or even picking up, um, you know, uh, grass, blades of grass involves lots of lots of real concentration and fine motor skills. So that can be really fun and perhaps bringing your collection of um, things you found on your walk home and maybe making a picture of them um, will actually be working on those skills really well, but um, adds an activity to your day as well without needing to um, necessarily have loads of different resources at home. Um, so there's some of my favourites, yeah. Oh, I love that because it's using what you have and actually it's complementing what you do. So. Um, I know that, you know, you're saying to bring um, things from when you go for a walk home. The other day we made a new den in the woods and my son collected a whole lot of the sort of the fern and oh, he, was, he was really worried that someone was going to steal the fern. So he wanted to bring it home and I'm not kidding you, there was quite a lot. <laughs> we didn't bring it all home, we hid it in the woods so that we could get it another day. But he was very worried. I could assure him there was a lot of this. Is, is it fern? It's like this green fern. Yeah, like bracken. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, I don't think they're going to steal it. There seems to be millions yeah, of them. A lot. <laughs> a lot coming up. He was calling it his loot. Like it was very special to him. Oh yes, but that's a really nice example of really fun, imaginative, and creative play. It sounds like he was doing. And don't forget, like den building. You know, going that's to find. Good sticks and um the things that you're going to lay against your den or put inside your den again that's got loads of um gross motor skills and, and working together you know can you go and get this or we need a bigger bit or you know all these kind of things that's really good collaborative skills as well and that's just from going on a walk with your family yeah and now listen you've i think you've answered i'm just we're going to ask you about how to explore a variety of role play areas where children have time to investigate play exploring skills and find a motor gross motor but i think you've actually answered a lot of that yeah. in the last yeah yes. i think so um i guess there's one more that i had thought about which i really love and especially as it's um been quite sunny in the uk is um thinking about um I don't know, around my house, I always find bits and pieces of little plastic toys or bits of Lego. Um, and so it's quite nice to try and gather them up, but also it's nice to then be able to use them. So I've um, just used like an old ice cream tub and popped in maybe like some plastic animals or Lego, whatever your child might be like interested in, and then pour water in and freeze it overnight. And then you can pop that out. So it's a block of ice with um, particular um, little toys inside. Then you could use um, wooden spoon, or if you've got kind of like a small hammer, but obviously with um, 
parents <laughs> close by but um actually offering children that way to kind of practice using a bit of strength and a bit of clout to try and break the ice um and and get that treasure from inside is really good fun so kind of yeah or um perhaps we actually use the knives from nana's manners actually it's really helpful to kind of chip away at the ice um or, or tongs to remove some of it so that's quite a fun one because you can really see um, your progression the child can see their progression as they're kind of chipping away at the ice and then they find the, the toy inside so I think that can be quite fun and um, yeah can add to can make a really nice um, yeah activity at home really yeah oh that sounds really lovely I said there's one other question I was thinking about today and this is something I don't know if all parents have been struggling is I know that you've got multiple ages of children is mm. trying to juggle them any tips yes oh it's so hard um i think um being kind on yourself <laughs> i think it, it is is really important you know we are in quite um an unprecedented situation that we we didn't know or have much time to prepare for this happening i think um also i have personally lowered <laughs> some of my expectations so just trying to manage um offering a small amount of activities that can be achievable and that can um, you can all manage without kind of tensions rising which of course does happen because you're trying to multitask and support children with different um, needs or academic work or, or emotional needs so it's really tough um, I think the other thing I've tried to focus on is thinking about the kind of complementary skills that might come out of this time at home of lockdown so my five-year-old has um got really good at cycling and she can cycle on the road you know the roads have been quieter so she's been able to practice road safety and get really good on her bike um my children are a bit older than school starters but my my eight-year-old's learned to practice tying his shoelaces which it needs that kind of constant you know day-to-day -day, just right have another practice have another practice or um having fun cooking or something you know there are lots of skills we can still work on together that are really important life skills actually alongside the academic work so I've tried to be quite um, mindful of those as well to try and um, keep that balance for everybody's sanity <laughs> yeah Christina thank you so much and I just want to give everyone a reminder how to get in touch with you so I know mm -hmm. that the web is uh, schoolreadiness.co.uk and there's links to getting contact through email yep. through zoom sessions looking at yep. the testimonials there's facebook and instagram as well yep. that they can have a look at with different as you said there's some different activities so one on tongs today yep. which i might go and have a look at instead of using <laughs> it for a two-year-old's dinner <laughs> but just yeah really, thank you so much for chatting with us today really appreciate it Thanks for asking me. It's been really nice. Thank you. Christina, thank you. We look forward to hearing about school readiness and how you're transitioning children of all ages back to school. My name is Heather Welch from EDX Education. Let's all stay safe and enjoy home learning with our little ones.